Hello everyone, here is Danny Abudai with another episode of our Ecom show and today I'm here with uh, Tyler McCord from uh, Ohio, US. Today uh, we will discuss about his companies and his e-commerce journey. Before we get started, I just want to give a shout out to John uh, Terry from uh, Catonia who was in our uh, episode 96 and uh, I think it's a commonality here that he also manages a very creative company. Check out that episode as well. It's a keto diet company and they are also in Walmart so they are expanding as a brand. This show is sponsored by Budai Media. Budai Media is a fully remote e-commerce focused retention marketing agency. In the last three years, Budai Media worked with more than 100 e-commerce clients and generated an eight-figure extra revenue for these clients. If you want to check out their website, go to thebudaimedia.com and just send an email or actually you can just drop a message to me on any of my social media channels if you are interested to work with us. So, hey, Tyler, how are you? It's really I'm doing great. To I'm happy to be here, Daniel. We got contacted through LinkedIn, I think. When we discussed for the first time, you mentioned that you've been working on three e-commerce uh, businesses. And uh, before we start talking about those, so how did you end up in e-commerce and in the marketing world, let's say? Yeah, it was kind of a crazy journey. So I actually made, double majored in college in MIS on so marketing information systems and finance. Went into you know the working world, was working in a cubicle, realized that was not for me. Uh, got involved in a small apparel company that was kind of a startup. It had some traction. It was a, a big brand in MMA and like the UFC scene when the UFC was growing and I was a wrestler in college or in high school. And then I you know, did jujitsu a lot. So I wanted to get into that world. So that kind of introduced me to the commerce space when I started working at that company. And then just, you know, being in a small business with, you know, five employees, you got to figure out everything on your own. And that's when I started to dive more into, you know, marketing technologies and e-commerce in general. Yeah. When was it? How many years ago? So that was probably 2016 and 2017. And right after I left that company, we started a new one. We kind of rebranded, but, you know, we started a new company at the same time because we still had very large client base from that last company. So that's when we started my next e-commerce journey which was a business that could automate online apparel stores and the design process as well. And, you know, just mm -hmm. working every day, automating processes, using different marketing technologies to drive leads to our site. We grew that brand to about two and a half in annual revenue within three years. And then I sold out of that company in March of 2020. Can we mention the name of this company? Yeah, it, it's still it's still still alive. Uh, it's called Emblem Athletic. So only in a few years you could achieve a seven-figure revenue, and you yep. managed to sell your. I don't know if it's your part. You had a co-founder yeah, so, or not? But yeah, yeah, so I did have a co-founder. I actually just sold my shares back to my co-founder. It just seemed like we were going in two different ways. Okay. I wanted to go challenge myself in different ways and work on a couple different businesses. So we decided to part ways. I just uh, had a discussion with uh, one of my friends. We traveled over this week here in Europe and we had this discussion that uh, it's so common that e-commerce founders they have a co-founder two people or three of them why is that what's your opinion because it, it's a, it's a interesting for example with uh, agencies I can rarely see it uh, they yeah. are usually you know one person I don't know exactly I like co-founders it just kind of gives you someone to lean on especially you know everybody it's a roller coaster ride right like not every yeah. day you're have not every month, not every day, you're going to have $100,000, $200,000 in sales. So you got to really grind through those months. And sometimes having somebody else to talk to about the struggles that you're going through is really helpful. And then, you know, obviously, co-founders bring different sets of skills to the table, which 
which is always super, super helpful. I've every business that I've been a part of, I've had a co-founder. So the three that I've been with, I have somebody else with me. So yeah, I think it's just always better to have a few more brains than one, especially when you're working on something that could be pretty complex and you don't have the skills necessary. It's good to have somebody else fill in the holes for you. And what do you think, what was the secret of this, uh, of Emblem Athletic that you could scale to this revenue so fast? There were a lot of things. It was a struggle the first year, right? I think what we did really, really well was we tried new things every day. Like we were trying new customer audiences. We were trying new marketing technologies. We were trying just different marketing tactics, whether you're using, you know, Facebook ads, email blasts, just everything. A-B testing, just testing so many different things and just throwing things to the wall until it's stuck and then narrowing it back down. So we were really marketing towards everybody. We were, so the business was an apparel business, like I said, and we set up, we automated online storefronts. So we could do that for businesses. We could do that for different sports teams. And then we could do it for a military audience. My co-founder at the time was a West Point grad. So he went, he was in the army. So he had a big audience in the military. Like I said, I was more from the sports side. So we had a big sports audience. So we were trying different things there. And because we were able to target so many people, the funnel was huge. And then we had, you know, different ad sets and different audiences that we could target on Facebook and Instagram, which made us really successful. And we were driving so many leads to the site that led us into our marketing technology, right? The marketing technology was huge. I've used so many different things in our MarTech stack, which I think is really, really important. You need to have the same exact or something very similar from the top of the funnel to the bottom of the funnel, meaning that if you are running ads, your ads should be this very similar to the landing page that you send them. So like I said, we had so many different audiences. If we were targeting you know, a basketball coach, we wanted to have basketball imagery on the ad, basketball copy. And then on the site, we would need to have a landing page that was all basketball imagery, you know, hero images, hero text. Or we had lead pages or you know, lead forms that they would need to complete and having text within that as well. And then sending them a custom link that was a basketball store, right? So there were a ton of different technologies that we used to do that. And I can dive into those as well. Google Optimize is huge. Like I said, Facebook ads was huge. And then there's tons of different marketing technologies that you can, you know, integrate into your site to take that even step further. So you can personalize the site to make it so much more targeted. So you could pull people's name on the site before they even get there. And you can say, hello, name, welcome to this store, yada, yada, yada. So, and I love Shopify just because there's so many different plugins and there's so many different developers. I'm not super technical, but I know enough to be able to say, okay, we need an API connection here to integrate with this and this will speed up, you know, our system by this much. So a lot of that was done. Yeah. Yeah. And for email marketing, what did you use? We used a ton of different things. And I think this kind of goes with how, how fast your business is growing. Like when you're in the beginning, you're always trying to use anything that's free, right? So we used a lot of drip campaigns in the beginning, Klaviyo, and then we started to move more towards integrated CRM system. We looked at Salesforce. Salesforce is very expensive, especially for yeah. a small business. I think once you're yeah. making, you know, if you have a lot of funding and Salesforce also takes a lot of technical knowledge. So you need to hire uh, developers to do custom integrations, which is also expensive. So we used HubSpot because HubSpot has a lot of free features in the beginning and it scales efficiently as you gain more customers. So that was the tool that we used for most of the, for pretty much all the email marketing. Okay. Actually, we use it as well for our uh, internal agency purposes, but I can rarely see e-commerce companies using HubSpot. I can see the Drip or Klaviyo or MailChimp or one of these. I also know someone at Salesforce and I check their packages, but 
I yeah. think it just doesn't make sense uh, at a small business level, let's say, to use yeah. it. So if you are enterprise, yes, maybe if you are medium, but uh, yeah, it just doesn't make sense at this size, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I understand why most e-commerce brands would use one of these smaller email marketing tools. So at my, at my new company, Team Time, we're doing something very similar that we did at Emblem, where we do, we set up and automate custom apparel stores and we autom- we're starting to automate the design process as well. But we use HubSpot because our customer order value is so much higher than a typical mm-hmm. you know, e-commerce brand where you're selling one product, which is my other company. So I won't be using HubSpot for that because we don't need a huge CRM system and, until we get to you know a certain point where we're scaling or we're going after bigger clients. So, so let's talk about your uh, two new companies. Let's start with uh, Team Time. What is it about? Is it a Shopify store as well, by the it's way? It's a Shopify store as well. We do a lot of unique things on there. So like I was alluding to a little bit, Team Time basically automates the apparel process for you. So if you're a leader, a business, a sports team, a military unit, whatever it may be, you can easily, we'll take all the work off your shoulders. So you come to our site, you fill out this quick form about your team or organization, you drop in some logos and we'll design a completely custom store. So when I say custom, it's fully custom. So unlimited designs, unlimited colors. We don't charge for the stores at all. So you can come and have a million things on the shirt and we're not going to charge you like you would be charged for a normal screen printed shirt where you know, you're paying for each logo location and then each color. It's going to be a $25 shirt no matter what, shipping wherever you want. We don't charge for shipping, which is awesome. And it's all hand-sewn from scratch. We use a process called sublimation, which is very unique. And you can definitely tell the quality of the shirt is much, much different. But is it manufactured? We use manufacturers all over. My new co-founder actually has a facility in the US in Alabama. So we do some stuff there. He's got another facility in the Dominican Republic. And then we do a few things in China. I've had a relationship with uh, somebody that I've worked with in China for since we started doing this. I've actually been over there. We have a great relationship. His team and company are awesome and they're very hard workers. So yeah, I've been in China and I can see yeah. it in our eyes as well. Yeah, it's really interesting. So free shipping and you don't charge for the store. So I can order not just uh, t-shirts, let's say, but I can set up my own store with your help. Yeah, absolutely. So we normally put about 10 different products in the store. We can pretty much do anything you can think of from an apparel standpoint. We do hoodies, windbreakers, jackets, shorts, shirts, sports uniforms, obviously. And the quality is awesome. It's it's mostly athletic wear. Yeah, have you thought about uh, building this not on Shopify, but like custom coded? And because I know someone in Europe who has a similar idea yeah uh, but here in europe and uh, he's more a technical guy you know he, he used to be a developer and uh, he can do coding or at yeah. least he understands it but uh, he decided to build his own community facebook group and his uh, custom built website and uh, people can use the technology for their own stores it's almost like a mini e-commerce platform let's say yeah if it's a thing for you or not really. absolutely kind of like what i was saying before with the like crm systems and email stuff it's about scale we want to grow profitably right we're not getting a ton of funding and then going and building this e-commerce platform shopify already has so many things they're a multi-billion dollar company they have all these integrations like building something as powerful as shopify would be difficult and their apis are so easy so some things that we're focusing on is like what i said automating the storefronts and then also we're building an application to automate the custom design so we Mm -hmm. we have a full graphic design team on hand on our team that build these products and they're so unique every day and we have this massive design line and they have to go in there and do little stuff after like switch the names, switch the colors, switch the text on the shirts. We should have something that automates that. So we're building a design app where we'll be
be able to just be able to go into the library and then automate the store. And then when somebody sees that and they want to tweak a couple of things, they'll be able to talk directly with their graphic design team and make those little tweaks or change the design completely. So we're focusing on that now. There are some limitations to automating the storefronts on Shopify, but we'll be a multi-million dollar company by the time we'll have to do that. And then we'll have the revenue to potentially develop our own you know, back-end store system. Yeah, yeah. Once you get there, you can cross the bridge. This isn't the first time I built a store like this. So <laughs> I know what yeah. the scale problems are and where we'll need to, what levels of revenue we'll need to have before we can build the platform like Shopify. Yeah. I know the story of Shopify and Shopify, Shopify's founder, uh, Toby. And yeah. uh, I think around 2004 or three, he wanted to set up a snowboard uh, store Yep. And he couldn't really do it as he wanted. So he just decided to create Shopify and an e-commerce platform. And that's how it was born. But the main thing I think is that it came from a problem that he had. Yeah. And same for you. So maybe you don't know yet where you want to go with this uh, and how to implement. But uh, you have an idea, you have a problem and you started uh, to solve it with your business and you can grow it and scale it. So Absolutely. Yeah. let's talk about Dot. So for me, this is the most interesting uh, business model. So I will just let you explain what it is and how it looks like. Yeah. So the company is called Dot, D-O-T-T. Website is wheredot.com. So basically what it is, I came up with this idea in college. I would go to a lot of music festivals and we had a lot of festivals at the university that I went to. And everybody would be wearing cool shirts or cool jerseys. And I was always wondering why you couldn't wear a GIF on the shirt or GIF, however you want to pronounce it. And then I started looking into products where you might be able to do this. There were big bulky screens. You can't wear a bulky screen. Uh, and then there were LED products. But LED products don't work the same way as a screen. You can't see a GIF like you would want yeah. to. And then I started looking more into it and there was nothing on the market. And I wanted to develop a product, but I didn't have the technical background and I didn't have the finances to do it. So I've had this idea in my head for a while. And then, you know, when I sold out of my company in 2020, I was like, okay, I've got a little bit of cash now. <laughs> let's let's find somebody who might be able to help on the technical front, which is exactly what I did. So we started developing a prototype. And this was the same time that I started to see NFTs get a little bit bigger. And that was great timing because I'm like, okay, NFTs and gifts are similar, but NFTs are actually valuable, right? Like they hold value. So I could see the NFT community loving this. So I started developing this product. But before I developed the product, I wanted to make sure there was a good enough market for it. So I started running Facebook ads to the site. And then I got 50 people ordering within two weeks running my ads profitably, which is kind of unheard of because I didn't have the product on hand, right? I was just marketing and sending them to the site with different images of what the product would look like, almost like a Kickstarter campaign, but I wanted to run it a little bit differently. So I got the 50 customers who are still very patiently waiting because I ran this campaign a year ago on May 18th. So we're actually shipping the product out next week. Finally, we've been working on it for a while. The product is coming out. So how it actually works is right now we develop the prototype where you plug it in. We have an app on our site where you can upload a GIF or an NFT to the device and it just clips onto whatever you want. There's multiple clip attachments and it will play basically any image or video that you want. Very small, it'll cost between 30 and $50 depending on what the product costs are. The chip shortage is kind of killing us right now. But I brought on a couple of uh, technical co-founders as well. I have three of them, two people on the software side, one on the hardware side. As for the software, we're developing for the device, we're integrating it with Bluetooth and we're making it very, it's gonna look awesome. Like I said, there's multiple different attachments 
attachment so you can wear it multiple ways. And then on the software side, we're developing an app so that you can automatically upload whatever you want from your phone, whether that be an NFT or a GIF. So if it is an NFT, it's going to have something, some kind of verification so that you know it's a legitimate NFT. So if you're wearing a board ape and you want it to be a board ape, we'll probably have a unique, almost like a Twitter check mark that says like, oh, this is legit. So that gives you the ability to wear it out and then show off, you know, your NFT in a way that you couldn't before. Mm -hmm. And then also you're promoting your NFT at the same time. So if you're looking to sell it, <laughs> you can promote it and go to these events, which will be great. And a lot of these, you know, like uh, VCon, which is next week, I think you need to have, you know, one of Gary V's NFTs to get in. It's, it's his conference, right? VCon, I think. Yeah, yeah. So you'll be able to wear one of his NFTs and if it's validated, you should be able to walk right in. So we're still in the very, very early stages of that, but we're, we're getting that off the ground now. And I'm we're starting to make some sales by the end of this month because we'll be able to ship product. Yeah, and uh, last time you told me you ran Facebook ads, you, you said it now as well, the first 50 customers, but mm -hmm. also you try to get connected with festivals, right? And maybe conferences as well. So this is a little bit of a different strategy because I have to order so much inventory for these products, right? And running Facebook ads, you should have the product on hand so you can ship right away. So yeah. what the new strategy is, we're going after bigger conferences and music festivals, you know, event spaces, you know, we'll be going to, we'll be trying to go into sports as well. So like NBA games, NHL games, NFL games, where you'll actually be able to buy these devices where the merchandise would be as well. So it'd be sitting next to a t-shirt, it'd be about the same price as a t-shirt where you could put it on the t-shirt or you could put it on a hat. So we're looking to get purchases or purchase orders from these events. Also on the music side, you know, bands and different artists are always trying to sell their merch. Another way they could be doing it is through the NFTs, right? If they have an NFT that's for their band, they could sell it and actually have the physical device that goes with it, which would be a great way for them to add additional revenue. Yeah. So uh, let's say I'm an average user. I want to upload a GIF to my t-shirt, right? And yeah. uh, I can make it as an NFT in OpenSea. I'm not much into crypto, to be honest, and NFTs. I have yeah. a basic understanding. So I can make it as an NFT on OpenSea, let's say, and I can just upload it to my t-shirt or how does it look like? We'll, we'll be connected with, so when you can buy NFTs on OpenSea. If you want to make one, it's a little bit different. You'll have to go through a minting process, which is... You have some fees there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that won't be for us, right? Once the NFT is made, like you could buy an NFT on OpenSea. So when you buy an NFT on OpenSea, you typically store the NFT in like your wallet, your MetaMask wallet, which is what will be connected to our app so that, you know, we'll be able to prove that this is actually a real NFT and not just mm -hmm. a screenshot of it. And if it's not an NFT, just a plain GIF, I can still yeah. upload? Yeah, it'll be pl a plain GIF. And we're also, you know, investigating different levels of how we want to show the verification. You know, maybe you'll have yeah. a blue check mark for something that's a lower level NFT. And then if it's like a board ape, you have like a gold check mark yeah right? yeah a, a very popular one yeah it sounds like a mix of e-commerce and software uh, yeah it's a mix so the software is going to be free the app's going to be free and then yeah you just pay for the device so and then the that website's hosted on shopify as well yeah so you told me that you work with several co-founders just uh, on this business you will have uh, three co-founders right exactly. mostly technical people and i'm really curious how you find them <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Like I said, I've been working on this for a year and just telling a lot of people about it. I always think it's good to tell people about your ideas. I know we, we don't have any patents yet. We're looking into it, but you need to explore. You need to be able to tell people what you're thinking and get feedback on it. You can't really hide your ideas, which I know a few people always are like hesitant to tell people, but you got to get yeah. it out there. I've been telling you know everybody what I've been working on or trying to work on uh, and get better with. And, you know, just talking to friends, you know, uh, telling people I I've been actively searching for a co-founder. Mm -hmm. 
I know most of your listeners probably know what YC is, Y Combinator. They actually came out with a new platform called YC Match, which is basically Tinder for co-founders. So I've been on that trying to find technical co-founders for a while. I got connected with some great people on there. But while I was doing that, one of my buddies reached out and said, you should reach out to somebody who I was actually friends with in high school. His name was Tom Smithheiser, and he has a brother, Mike Smithheiser, who were technical founders or that are my now my technical founders. But you know, I just knew them in high school and they were developers and I just never thought to reach out to them. And they actually told me no at first when I reached out to them and that they were so busy. You know, They were finishing up grad school and also working like two jobs. So they didn't think they would have time for this. But yeah, a couple months into it, they were like, all right, I think we can do this if we both mm-hmm. go. And then Tom had a friend who was a hardware developer and then we brought him on this board. So it was really just coincidental, just you know, networking a bit. I think, um, you know, how great ideas usually happen or come up is that it's random, you know, it's yeah. not like I have a close friend, we figure out something and we start it. It can happen, but it's usually more based on skills or areas that they are good at. And uh, you just said that uh, that guy was good at hardware development. So mm-hmm. you just got contacted and you just figure it out together. Don't start a business with your mom. That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah, Maybe if she's got some skills, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I have one question only. So um, what would be the one tip that you would give to other e-commerce business owners now in 2022? It's a good question. I would say the first thing, it just depends on where you are in in the business life cycle. If you're right in the beginning, you got to drive leads to your site and figure out how you're doing that. I mean, there's different ways. You got to have a little bit of money if you want to pay for paid advertising, but I think that's always a great option. You need to know that your idea has merit. And if you're able to drive people to the site and they're converting, that's good. And then from there, taking it a step further, I would look into mark like a martech stack so what tech what marketing technologies are you using on top of that google optimizes free that's great for testing landing pages and that will automatically increase your conversion rate and then there's so many different marketing technologies you can put onto it like segment clearbit to get better data sending to your site and then another really unique thing that i don't think people do this is kind of a technical thing but it's super easy if you have competitors in your space so let's say like i'm in apparel right and there's a ton of different online apparel store builders i can go to their site do control inspect on their page and then go to the console. It'll show you all the code. But if you skip past the code and go to the console, you can see what marketing technologies they actually have integrated onto their site. And that'll give you a good idea of what you should be looking at as well. Yeah, builtwith.com. I'm saying this to everyone. Just go there. It's a free tool. I think Australian company. Type in the name of the domain and it will show you all marketing stuff, uh, software tools, apps that the domain has and it's free just today i searched for like 60 companies in like half an hour so yeah oh that's awesome yeah Yeah. so thanks for coming here today tyler and sharing all of these with us i think uh relatively to your age you founded multiple businesses you sold one of them so really interesting story and business models i think you are very far from the dropshipping style of e-commerce let's say it's very creative uh how you set up these businesses yeah thanks again and also thanks everyone who listened to us today if you like this episode subscribe on our YouTube channel and uh, also if you listened to this episode as an audio podcast then make sure you start following us if you like this and uh, give us an honest review one more thing so if anyone wants to find your companies and you where they should go yeah so teamtime.shop for the apparel company and then for the wearable GIF or NFT it's wear dot with two T's uh, dot com thanks everyone and stay tuned thanks Daniel <laughs>